Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at our epistle reading for the week, which comes from 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8. In his letter to the Thessalonians, which this is the very beginning of it, Paul confronts the church about some traveling ministers who presumably uh, the people think are better preachers than Paul. Maybe this is because they get results, that people have an experience with God or a feeling or a sense that they've truly learned something deep and mind-melding and altering, experiencing something intellectual. And Paul tells them his preaching too gets results, (laughs) but the results he's after are different. The preaching itself and the fact that they have turned from their idols, the people have turned from their idols, those are really the only results that they need. The Christian life comes down to faithfulness, daily following God. It doesn't come down to making a name for ourselves, seeing some huge tangible impact. It's just regularly living out the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Yet we don't always see the implications of a life of faithfulness. And that's what makes the Christian faith so challenging. The results are not instant. Christians are always playing the long game. We live out the good news of resurrection, of God's new world, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of apathy, in the midst of cultural syncretism or the blending of uh, the faith with other things in the culture. And it's also true that whenever we live out faithfully, faithfulness invites cynicism. So wherever the gospel is preached, wherever there's a community planted, wherever there's a garden of Christ's resurrection in a place, there will be people who are cynical of it. Paul is dealing with that cynicism as people are viewing Paul through the lens of earthly results. So these other preachers speak better than Paul does. It might leave the church asking, Paul, why are you so special? Why should we listen to you? Now, of course, Paul has faced this cynicism before within the church. Remember his story. He was a Jewish rabbi who was persecuted, who had persecuted Christians. Then he had a vision of the resurrected Christ and changed direction. The Jewish leaders had a difficult time believing that he had changed. How do we know this for sure? And in response, Paul did everything that he could to seek their affirmation and blessing, and ultimately he did receive it. Now, we live in a cynical world too, and it can be easy to even be cynical within the church when we don't see things that are practically or tangibly as we would expect them to be. Uh, It's common in our culture to look at everything cynically. So when Christians express a desire to live the world, to live out this new world, to give our lives for the world, there will always be this concern that, okay, but what does that really look like? And is there maybe a selfish agenda behind that? Because that's what we've come to expect in our world is selfishness. Often the church even feeds this cynicism because of the way we talk about the results of the gospel. So it's really common today when somebody is asked, why are you a Christian? To immediately go to the tangible benefits of our faith. It feels good to practice my faith. I feel more fulfilled. 
It's good for my family. It helps me to clear my mind so I can do better at my job. And certainly all that can be true. That can be great. But we're going to realize if we're Christians for very long that there are times where faith doesn't feel good or it doesn't even seem to make sense. What about when it actually feels like following Jesus divides my family rather than being good for my family? What about when the pesky ethics of the Christian faith require us to make different choices about career, family, or friendship? At times in American history, Christianity has been embraced like as a means to an end. We've seen this in history, the that we see Christianity sometimes is used as a tool to build stronger families in contrast to like Marxist ideologies or a way to assimilate people into American values, right? When we seek after those results first and we use Christianity as like a tool, we are really appealing to the same things as the flashy preachers of Paul's day. Because what about when following Jesus is difficult? What about when we do not see the results? The way of Jesus is ultimately the way to the cross. That doesn't look like a tangible benefit. There's always a temptation to try to move towards external results as motivators. But we don't live for God because we think we'll get something out of it. That's not the way of Jesus. We live for God because we know it is who we're created to be. And we know that God's plan for the world is good. Christianity is always about the God who gives God's self to the world. Body broken, blood poured out. This is not because the world first loved God, but because God first loved the world. And when we step into that love, it changes us. Christians are called to love the world with no strings attached. We're not trying to gain converts, to simply get anything from anyone. We are called first to love. And we're not called simply to love the people who love us. We're called to love everyone. When you're seeking the needs of others, loving them with all that you have, it means resisting the need to place your own needs and desires at the center. And that will appear odd in a world where people are often only good to one another when they expect something in return. Think about for a moment the psychology of social media. A person posts something And if it's deemed good enough, poignant enough, funny enough, people respond with instant praise in the form of likes or hearts. We've been trained to expect that our good words are met with immediate approval. But this longing for instant approval has translated into every part of our life. We often find ourselves expressing virtue, declaring things that are beautiful and true and good, not from a pure heart but because of what we might receive from it. This is deeply challenging. And if something, of course, if something is truly good, if it's a good action, we should do it even if our motives are selfish. Like, do good regardless of what the motives for that are. But we must remember the way of Jesus is the life that gives without expecting anything in return. To embrace the kingdom of God means playing by a different set of rules. Paul says that the apostles cared for these early Christians, quote, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. This is the kind of thing the gospel calls us to do. Care for others, even those who seem furthest from God, in a way that is deeply relational 
and doesn't simply chase out after the flash or the immediate external results. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.